0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the end zone podcast here in March, uh, March 12th as we are taping this at seven twelve p.m. So if you're listening to this on your Monday morning commute and Aaron Rodgers gets traded later tonight, that's not our fault. This is just the way uh, things ended up working out if Aaron Rodgers really does get traded tonight that might suck for me as I might record something solo to put uh at the end of the podcast but joined today by my good friend Mason from Buffalo and our our correspondent from South Korea a manager's back from Italy which is which is a very good thing uh it's uh it's YB we won't say why he's in Italy because we, you know that that's privileged information, but you know he, he did reveal before the podcast that he was just back from Italy. So why be? Hopefully the Italian coasts were were kind to you, and uh, well, welcome back, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Uh, it's good to be back in Korea. Although the jet lag is jet lag is it's not killing me, but my sleep pattern's been thrown off. So if I sound a little uh, more incoherent and rambling than usual, then I know what to blame.
0: All right. Yeah. Tough day in the United States. Daylight savings time springing forward. Always stupid. Uh, Never really a point for that, just to make us all a little bit more exhausted. Um, I feel like this day has flown by and I spent most of it sleeping. Uh, But still, what, what, what an. I just hate daylight savings time. Uh, There's just no other way around not joining us tonight bradford sonnenberg i did want to put this out on the podcast vote The reason he is not here mason Uh-oh. i believe he has Uh-oh. a date with mayo
1: girl.
2: oh it's mayo girl Yes,
0: it's mayo brad, girl. <laughs> brad, brad has secured a date with mayo coffee girl oh, uh i which,
2: would i would actually like to add she asked him
0: okay yeah, maybe we, we don't know all the details. Oh, we no, can't report. I do know
2: that detail. I do in fact know that detail. Okay. I have a first hand source.
0: First-hand source. So, wow. Um, so it, it he, he, he he was down bad though drinking the mayo coffee. There's no 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 but, no, but it doubt, clearly worked. No doubt you about tried it, some but mayo coffee, Eric. it. But it but it did work. I don't need I don't need mayo coffee to uh maybe woman. will Levis did have a so point. No, um maybe will Levis did have a point. Uh, But no Bradford tonight. Lots to get into. Hopefully we talk more about football this week than we did last week. Uh, There was not much to talk about last week, I will not lie to you. But lots to talk about this week as we had several quarterbacks get new contracts. We have uh, progression in the Lamar Jackson saga. And uh, we do believe... At least I, I feel like I believe. I guess I'll ask both of you before we get started here. Aaron Rodgers either gets traded or retires within the next 48 hours. True or false?
1: Uh, false, because Rodgers likes to milk the drama for as long as he can. So I think he'll go longer than 48 hours. If like if if what previously Rodgers has done is any any sign, then just to spite you on this podcast for making that statement, after 49 hours, he'll change to the Jets. That's exactly what will happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know. I, honest, I think I kind of agree with that. Aaron Rodgers loves this crap. Being like, ooh, will he, won't he, getting all the reporter attention, like, he just like seems to milk that in.
0: Yeah. How? I I, I just say that because today there was a report where he was like, it'll be soon, and I it, it does feel like the Jets free agency plans hang in the balance. It would be very mean of Aaron Rodgers to say, okay, all of a sudden I don't want to go to the Jets after all this. It would kind of leave them in the lurch. And then I think their only really feasible option is to spend absurd amounts of money on Lamar Jackson. But...
1: Yes, we know that yes, we know that Aaron Rodgers would never do something that mean spirited or to. And no one on ever left team. the Jets in a lurch before either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh it's 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 uh de- most definitely difficult to be a jets fan i i do i do feel for them i know a few i don't i hate them all yeah <laughs> uh, you as, have a different as, position there mason as, i
1: do according as,
0: to know. as he as he should all right let's talk about the big news let's talk about the quarterbacks this week monday uh day after we recorded Derek carr signs with the saints it's a four-year what do you get? Four years? 140. 100, 140? Yeah, 35 AAB. Definitely don't hate the contract. Seems like just about what Derek Carter is worth. Um, The Saints did a good thing. And uh, oh, one thing I did forget to, we, we will be talking a significant amount of NFC South because I forgot to put the big trade on on the agenda. We'll talk about that next. But um. The Saints all of a sudden have the best quarterback in the division for now. Of course, the Panthers traded for the number one overall pick over the weekend. But how do we feel about the Saints moving forward into 2023 with Derek Carr as the quarterback? Personally, until something crazy happens and either the Atlanta Falcons are lying and go after Lamar Jackson... I think this is a slam dunk move for the Saints. Do I think there's some kind of Super Bowl contender? No, but I feel like with the way the roster looks, even though there are some changes, and even though Michael Thomas might be out the door, with Derek Carr, with an okay defense, not the best defense, but solid enough, and some interesting young talent at wide receiver, uh, especially Chris Olave and their tight end, Jawan Johnson. I think the Saints are most likely a playoff team going into next year with Derek Carr. Just partly because the division is in complete shambles right now, and they look like the only team with anything close to a serviceable quarterback at this point.
1: Um, I mean, it's at this point, it's hard not to agree because right now the Bucks are either you either gonna call out Kyle Trask, or if the if the recent reports or anything to go by, they might go after uh, the progressive man Baker Mayfield, and which is I don't know if he's an upgrade. I don't know if he's an upgrade on Derek Carr. Definitely, it's going to be a step down from what they had beforehand. But that's another issue entirely. The Falcons they seem pretty content to try and see what Desmond Ritter is all about, which is I, I'm I'm higher on Ritter I think than a lot of others, but still I don't think he, he's not Derek. Derek Carr has at least pedigree. Ritter obviously does not. And with the Panthers, who knows what the hell is going on after after that ridiculous trade? But with the Saints, like you hear all the time, like they need to completely tear it down and rebuild. But if you look at how their cat, how their cap is, they can't do that. Like they can't just cut every contract like that, every bloated contract, because that kills their cap this year. So, I the way I heard it explained is that they want to maximize the veteran core that they have on the defensive side as opposed to the offensive side, which is usually how the focus is handled. So guys like Cameron Jordan, DeMaro Davis, like those guys, like they're not gonna fetch anything in trade value because they're too because they're too old and they have their contracts are too bloated. So they figure you got to roll with what you have right now. And you go I think going after Derek Carr and not giving up the draft pick to get him by basically whining and dining Derek Carr and telling Carr to Hey, the Raiders screwed you over. Time for you to screw them back, and then you can come here, which is what exactly what they did. <laughs> and the Saints managed to land Derek Hart without giving up a pick, which is a very smart move by Mickey Loomis and the Saints staff. So, yeah, I think they have the best quarterback by default. Although, whether that will lead to any any kind of deep playoff success is another issue entirely, which is doubtful to say the least.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I
1: kind of got to
2: agree with the sustained success issue. I don't know that this is really a recipe for that. But if there's a team that makes you go, oh, the cap's a fantasy, it's the Saints every year. Every year, there's so many millions of dollars over the cap. And then every year, they make signings, and they get stuff done, and they restructure, and they figure it out. Absolute cap wizards going on down there. So, no, I don't think they need to rebuild either. They don't need to tear it down. They just like you said, maximize their veteran core, get some good rookies in the door and they should be able to walk into the playoffs in that division. Will they make a huge run on it? I doubt it. But again, once you're in the dance, anything can happen. So. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with what both of you are saying. Of course, it's not a, a really like, it's, it's not like a move where you're like, wow, they're team building for the future, but like, this is the best quarterback they've had since Breeze. Like they couldn't just run back a third year of Andy Dalton slash Jameis Winston. It sounds like there is a contract in place for Winston to come back as the backup. That's what the reports were saying this weekend, at least. And that would make some sense for Jameis, but you couldn't run Jameis back out as a starter or Andy Dalton. And, and, that that's nothing against Jameis Winston. He's gotten a lot better as a player over wh- while playing with the Saints, but he's just not a starting caliber NFL quarterback at, at this point in his career. He's more of an elite level backup, and I, I I think it just makes sense to go after Carr. And at least now you didn't have to give up any draft picks to get a quarterback, and you can use some of these picks that you're starting to reaccumulate back to rebuild the offense. And I I think they'll be heavily invested in trying to find a new running back, especially after the Alvin Kamara news over the last few weeks. It seems like a big time suspension's probably coming for him. I personally I, I've been listening to the Saints Twitter podcast. It would not shock me if like Camp comes around and he gets cut. Um I I think that they have picks to get more offensive weapons, they can be they can sign a a depth player or two to the defense in free agency and i think the nfc is wide open and i think if they play this right and a big if if dennis allen is the right guy which there's a lot of debate on that like within two to three years i think this team can be back to being a team we view as one of the top two or three teams in the NFC. There's a ways to go, but at least they kind of have a plan now. They've committed to Derek Carr for this last stretch of his career, like try to go surround him with talent. And I know Derek Carr had a bad year last year, but we talked about Derek Carr going into last year as a borderline top 10 quarterback. And that's his ceiling is a guy that can be somewhere between eight and 12 in terms of where quarterbacks are ranked in the league. And I think that's what the saints have been missing for a little while even if the defense is getting slightly worse as we move away from uh their defense of two years ago now
2: i think the saints are playing it kind of smart too because again it's not like they're in the afc where you need to be building to beat joe burrow pat mahomes josh allen you need to just be able to beat what's in the nfc and there's just not that much super deep rosters there and really good quarterback talent you just need to be again near that top 10
0: have a decent enough roster and you could come out of the nfc if yeah. if they make the right moves this offseason i think there's a way we could all agree that they're a top four roster in the nfc by the end of the offseason if they make the right moves in the and free agency
1: I mean, it's one of the benefits of having an owner that's willing to spend tons and tons of cash on restructures. Like, that's, yeah, I wish, again, I wish, that's what you need. I wish we had that in Cincinnati, but.
0: <laughs> All right, that's Derek Carr to the Saints. The other big news that broke Friday, uh, the Chicago Bears are no longer drafting first overall in the NFL draft. Instead, the Panthers trade for the number one overall pick and they give up an absolute haul, giving up, the number nine pick, the number 61 pick, which will be a second rounder, a first round pick next year, and a second round pick in 2025, along with wide receiver DJ Moore for Justin Fields. Let me start by saying this. Is DJ Moore a wide receiver one? Absolutely not. He, he is not showmat to this point in his career. He has had bad quarterbacks to work with. I understand But still, he is not putting up the kind of numbers where you're like, oh my God, there's a franchise changing wide receiver. But is he the best wide receiver Justin Fields has played with in the NFL? Absolutely. I think there's a chance that he has a a good season next year. I think Justin Fields is the best quarterback DJ Moore has ever had, and DJ Moore is the best wide receiver Justin Fields has ever had in the NFC. And at least they have a middle-tier receiving core going into next year with Darnell Mooney, um, DJ Moore, and who else, and Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool. Like, Chase Claypool, again, not a number one wide receiver, not an elite talent, but still a guy that can probably give you 800, 900 yards and four or five touchdowns. They have just three of those guys. Do they still need to add more? Absolutely. I think it would behoove them to draft one or two wide receivers in this year's draft class and just see what happens in that retrospect. Or if someone gets antsy this off season, which we know NFL wide receivers do go after them. But this is to me, a nice start. It was a good move for the bears. They, Didn't get as much as I think Ryan Poles promised. He thought he could get two firsts and uh, basically the first and second this year and the first and second next year. That didn't happen, obviously. I think he kind of played himself with those comments, to be completely honest with you, um, and, and got taken a little bit. But still a decent trade for the Bears. What do you guys think about this from a Bears perspective? I think
1: I'm I'm gonna push back a little bit on one of the on the first statement you made that DJ Moore is not a wide receiver one when a guy when the guy has three straight 1,000 yard seasons in 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 his first four years that I think that's wide receiver one territory I would say that like he had over 1,100 yards in the past three seasons before this previous season and that was with well the the course of Cam Newton and then a rolling uh ensemble of who the hell are you playing that playing a quarterback so I mean, i'll i push back on that a little bit
0: and i think okay with... i i might agree with that yb but i don't think he's the level of game-changing talent of like a a, a team like you take past examples of like the bills when they go out and get stefan Diggs, yeah he's or not... the eagles when they go get aj brown he's not on that level is what i'm trying to say
3: okay
1: that, that's fair like he hasn't shown that kind of Explosion. Although it remains to see seen because Justin Fields, <coughs> for all his faults and throwing the ball, which are some are real, some are not. He is a very good deep. He's a very good deep passer, and C.J. Moore has shown that he can catch those like, when there's an actual quarterback willing to throw them and able to throw them. And I think like he, he when Ryan, it's Ryan Poles now, right? Not Ryan Pace. The GM name is our is our, our Ryan, Poles, at the moment yeah. Ryan Poles. Yeah, Ryan Poles. Paul's mentioned that he mentioned the first and second for two years. I think he kind of leapt off the second. Instead of the second next year, he chose DJ Moore, which I think is not a bad strategy if you want to develop Justin Fields, if you feel that Justin Fields should be your quarterback of the future. And if not, then you have another first-round pick to get one next year if he doesn't pan out this year. And I think the Bears did pretty well for themselves because – like in addition to getting an actual solid established receiver, a, a wide receiver one, maybe not a superstar wide receiver one, but a wide receiver one, that's not a bad thing to do for a quarterback. For if you want to see what this quarterback who is mercurial at the moment can be, and now with what more Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. The, the funny thing is Claypool like, got shipped out of Pittsburgh because he was he was uh, falling down to be wide receiver three and now he'll probably be wide receiver in Chicago, which can't do any wonders for his self-confidence. But, but I think the Bears did pretty well for themselves because they knew they had to get out of pick number one and they have needs all over the place. So they got a lot of picks to work with, which is not a bad thing. They got an established wide receiver, which they absolutely needed. And like it may not have been everything that the Bears' populace wanted. I think that was a pretty good, darn good deal that polls polls pulled off. And I think the I think the Panthers bit a bit too hard because did you see the recent report that they're also considering trading down from number one?
0: Yeah, that vote. I, I I wanted <laughs> to talk about that. If those are true, which at first I didn't think it's true, but now three different, and yeah. it was like ESPN some, and the Athletic. Some like third party website like made it up first, and I'm always cognizant of that. But when ESPN and The Athletic are reporting that to me, that means that report is partly true. If the Panthers just gave up that much to trade down, what, what, like, what, what, why, why would you make that move? And uh, I, and especially if you wanted to draft you know a quarterback also why would you trade your best wide receiver because if you look at the the panthers wide receiving core now is say they do take a cj strad number one he's not going to have much to throw to in year one they they just don't have that much talent up front and they've given up all their other high draft picks this year to to move up to this spot yes it's true finding a quarterback is the most important thing. But what this tells me is that Frank Reich has a lot of job security right now. And I think David Tepper has given this staff a lot of job security because to me, this looks like one of those three year rebuild type deals because I, I don't think the Panthers are going to be any good next year. And that could be slightly a problem. Their GM might get fired because they traded next year's first round pick and I I I just don't I don't fully understand the vision from the Panthers I'm not a huge fan of the move to be honest with you
1: I'm not either
2: yeah I'm not a fan of it from the Panthers side though so, uh you did ask from the bear side and I think they've honestly got to be kind of thrilled about it I you know I they didn't want the number one overall pick in the first place because they've got a guy who they want to see if he works out. So they don't want to take one of those quarterbacks. Their best value is to turn that into more picks, which they definitely did. And then, you know, I mean, realistically, if we're saying that DJ Moore isn't going to be enough to be their number one, you know, whether or not that's true remains to be seen, but let's just assume maybe they don't even believe that. Well, now they've got three picks in the first two rounds. And the one thing we've seen over the past, five to 10 years is that a wide receiver taken in the first to two first two rounds hits a lot like a lot a lot they're not all Justin Jefferson but a lot of them are close like it's it's absurd how many wide receivers had just hit from the first two rounds now so they have opportunities to take some swings there and then let's say everything falls off the rails Justin Fields isn't who they want him to be it doesn't work out well now they have two first round picks next year to try to parlay into a higher pick and get a quarterback they might like in next year's draft they've set themselves up pretty damn well yeah with whatever circumstance this comes out of i think
0: yeah i think you're right
1: yeah and also like there was there was a bit of a kind of a funny corollary saying that like instead of trading their instead of trading the pick they might have they might have been better off trying to like trading fields which I don't know if it was an op if it was an option or not, but that was a v that was a very interesting statement that somebody made. I I read that and I was like, really? Like, I mean Fields has its faults, but he's shown that he can be a difference maker in a absolutely putrid offense. <laughs> and I don't think I regardless of what you might think of how sustainable Fields' style of play may be, I don't think you want to give up on him that easily. So I thought that opinion was pretty off-target, off personally. I'm
2: with you there, man. I think, at the end of the day, known commodity is far much more valuable than whatever estimation you might have. Because, I mean, these first-round quarterbacks just don't always work out, no matter how surefire a shot they might seem to be coming out of the draft, where, like, you, you have Fields. He's made the difference in games. He's been the dude who carried the whole team on his back and made those plays. You've seen it. You might want it more, but like it's happened already.
0: Yeah. So that's uh the Panthers move over the weekend. Next thing I want to touch on here really quickly. You is... Sure. We can
1: touch on this quickly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this one's this one's not not quick. Uh Lamar Jackson gets the non-exclusive tag. I'll let you guys go first because I kind of have a hot take on this. I just want to hear what you guys are thinking about the Lamar situation right now. I'll start with you, Mason. Well, I would like to start because I'm pretty sure I vaguely remember being told I was a
2: crazy person for thinking that Lamar Jackson might get tagged in this offseason by a number of people on this exact podcast.
0: Did I really say that?
2: I don't know if it was you. I don't remember. At least Bradford did. So suck it all of you. Uh, <laughs> but I, the thing that, that I find the craziest is, hey, how much the non-exclusive tag is being used this year at all. Like, I don't remember it being used more than, like, once any previous year on any player, much less, like, the bevy of players it's been used on this year. And especially Lamar Jackson. Like, this feels very much like a, a uh, they're hedging their bets a little bit. And it's it's, if we can't get the trade partner we want to get what we think we deserve for for his picks we're going to make him do the legwork for us on this. We're going to make him go around talk to these other teams. We're going to wear him out hearing what they think he's worth. And then when he comes back and he talks to us we're going to get the deal done
1: we want. I mean if you look if you look back on the AFC uh, on the playoff for you podcast I also mentioned the possibility of Lamar Jackson possibly getting tagged and traded as well so and I thought that was also a distinct possibility so I did not Good. I did not do you on that one Mason so but thank you I think but I think the situation with Lamar like with him getting a uh, non-exclusive and basically opening him the Ravens opening themselves up to an offer sheet but obviously having the capacity to match, I it, think it was it was a calculated gamble by the Ravens because essentially, like if I want to redux the negotiations, it kind of goes like this. like Lamar is basically saying I have thirty less civil cases and one more MVP than Lamar than Deshaun Watson. Why the hell should I get paid less than Deshaun Watson, and why the hell should I get a full guarantee contract? Which is pretty sound logic, and the Ravens are saying. One, one idiotic team made a stupid decision. That does not mean I, my team also has to make a stupid decision that goes along that territory, which is also a very logical statement. So you can kind of see where the standoff is. And essentially, I think the Ravens got so fed up with Lamar, like basically saying, no, no, no I'm not budging for this position. And basically said, all right, then you go out there and see what you have for you. And then I did find it very – I did find it somewhat – uh strange that so many teams basically put out statements saying that we're not going after Lamar Jackson right after the right after the tag was put on him, which I don't think has ever happened before on a potential free agent. And maybe that's smoke screening. Maybe there maybe there are people waiting. I'm not sure exactly what the rules are regarding uh uh basically giving Lamar an offer sheet and what time and if there's a timeline for it because because the the price you pay if you manage to pry Lamar Jackson out is the first round picks and if you're say the Falcons and you have a pretty high pick then you're not going to then basically you're not going to want to give up this year's round pick so they might be waiting until a bit later to handle it so that might be something that they're kind of placing calculations on based on how late you want to go but I thought it was very much a distinct possibility because if, like with other quarterbacks that are of the the notability of Lamar, so Mahomes, Allen, and this year with uh, Burrow, Herbert, possibly Hurts, like you don't hear this sort of acrimony and controversy regarding the negotiations. And I think Lamar might have overplayed his hand because his MVP season is now three seasons ago and he has, I think he's, I think he's a better passer than people make him out to be. He's not the running back that can throw the ball that gets so comically stated on Twitter. But I think people, I think teams are scared of what that fully guaranteed contract. If what Lamar is demanding for is that, I think they're very scared of how that can be, that can impact future roster uh, construction. And, that's their prerogative, and while it may seem crazy that a former MVP in age 26 is available, te- well, available for two first-round picks, the Ravens can match, which is a problem. If the Ravens couldn't, if the Ravens didn't have the ability to match under the non exclusive tag, then I guarantee you, at least five or six teams would have been right at Lamar's doorstep with a with a contract offer. But if the Ravens are going to match pretty much anything, then why do the Ravens work for them?
0: Here's my thought on Lamar Jackson. I kind of agree with YB, but my point here is this. I just this is going to drag on. I I think that this probably ends in a really tedious offseason storyline where I don't think he's moving. I don't think I think either what's happening going to happen here is eventually he'll have to settle, and the Ravens will give him a, a contract that's fully guaranteed, but probably not the numbers he wants, or he won't sign a contract and he won't sign the tag, and he'll just sit and this will drag on till training camp. And we'll be talking like, is Lamar Jackson really gonna sit out a year? Due to a contract issue, because i I think he could. And I think the NFLPA being involved makes this very, very complicated. This is essentially a a union versus the owners type deal. Like this is like a a player strike for one person, basically that could set for precedent for a lot of different quarterbacks. And honestly, Lamar's best course of action at this point, is probably to wait for the Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or Jalen hurts or whoever gets the next contract because maybe the Ravens aren't willing to, but maybe the Bengals or the Eagles or the chargers are willing to give a big fully guaranteed contract to their star quarterbacks. And then Lamar can push it forward because that's now quote unquote league precedent, but I just think this is going to be ugly and long and drug out. And I don't think we're going to have a resolution for this before the NFL draft. And I, I, I believe people like Jeremy Fowler who today reported that he, he has heard that no NFL teams are going to make offer sheet offers for him. Like sure. Is it collusion? Absolutely. But like, this is where we're at. This is, this is not a player, versus team negotiation this is the nflpa versus the league owners to set the president for what new quarterback contracts look like so it's going to be ugly and drawn out and tiresome and i I am not looking forward to covering it to be completely
3: honest with you
1: <laughs> oh it oh it'll but it'll be everywhere even if you don't cover it a whole bunch of other football media will and it, it should be noted that after Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed contract, the two big contracts that were signed by co- quarterbacks after Deshaun Watson were Kyler Murray and, as much as it pains you, Eric, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And those two were not fully guaranteed, although with Russell Wilson it's a little bit more understandable because he's a, he's a lot older. With Kyler Murray, and I think he was – I think he might have had around the same leverage as Lamar, maybe a little less because he hasn't accomplished as much as Lamar, but he didn't get a fully guaranteed contract either. So if Lamar wants a fully guaranteed contract, then he may have to pare down the numbers a little because the Deshaun Watson contract was, to be perfectly honest, a pretty horrid mistake by the Browns, although if it ends up over the Ravens and possibly the Bengals, and maybe it's not such a mistake after all. <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be a, maybe, maybe we'll get in another Levy Abdel situation because unlike a running back, like Lamar can afford to sit out a year and say, Hey, you're going to need a quarterback. I'm a pretty damn good quarterback. and I've gotten healthy over the last year. Anybody want anyone might my, want my, my services. And it only takes one sucker to say yes.
0: Yeah, I, I I think that's also a valid point. I just think the NFL is going to hold. I think the owners are going to hold pretty firm that they don't uh, offer a contract. Oh, look at look look at look at who's here. We have an intruder look at Uh-oh. look at who's here. We're talking about Lamar Jackson right now.
1: And also are uh, we talk about mayonnaise coffee now. No,
0: yeah. we'll,
3: we'll, no we'll get we did we, we'll, we'll that before.
0: We'll get to mayonnaise <laughs> coffee in a little bit, but this, this podcast just got longer. Uh, what, what what what's what's good, Bradford? Well, welcome to the Enzo podcast. Let me ask you this. Do you think we have a conclusion to the Lamar Jackson saga by day three of the NFL draft? Okay, I can't hear you. All right, get that figured out, Bradford. We we cannot hear you. Uh, But anyways, Bradford, we, we've been talking about Lamar Jackson and our theories. That, my theory is that nothing happens this offseason and we are in for a very tedious storyline. Are you with us now? Still not with us. I still can't hear you. That's okay. Okay, let's take a moment and pause here for technical difficulties. We will be back in just a moment. All right, Brad got his mic figured out. Do we have a resolution to the Lamar Jackson saga by day three of the NFL draft, Bradford?
3: Uh, You're throwing me right on the hot seat just as I come in here. Uh, No, I don't think we have a a resolution by then. I have a weird feeling it's going to drag out for quite a bit longer. It just, it feels like to me, the kind of story that's going to push itself into OTAs and it's just, it's going to be a waste of everybody's time
0: yeah i kind of think that this is going deep into training camp so uh uh, we've got a long way to go on this any final thoughts on lamar jackson before we move on to our next topic here bradford
3: i think that the discourse around lamar is ridiculous right now people are talking about him like he's kirk cousins it's ridiculous this dude won mvp a couple years ago like pay the man his money i don't understand how franchises can look at themselves in the mirror and sleep at night like Doing things like paying Daniel Jones forty million, and then when it comes to Lamar, they like get all tight on the checkbook. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the receivers that he's been playing with? He's a difference maker. This is ridiculous. Pay the man. This should not be hard.
0: Yeah, it it's gonna be ultra annoying. I could see us banning this as a topic of conversation yeah. I mean, on yep. this on this podcast by like, let's just say like we'll stop talking about it like after draft. Like, but this also doesn't need to be a thing we talk about every time that we meet. You know, let's just let's just put that on the table right now. You're not going to hear about Lamar Jackson every week. And unless something happens next week, you'll probably not hear about him. All right. Daniel Jones, Bradford brought it up, gets a contract. 160 million? Yep. Um. million. OK, here's my hot take on that. Everyone likes to freak out. Everyone likes to say, oh, Daniel Jones this, Daniel Jones that. What he got was like a middle of the road Kirk Cousins contract. That's literally what he got. If you look at it closely, they can get out of it after the first two years. This is basically a two-year deal that pays him $80 million over two years. Everyone freaking out about this and being like, you overpaid Daniel Jones is so stupid because there's no guarantee he lasts to the end of this contract. And they can get out of it after year two. I don't think it's an insanely stupid move. I think they should still be aggressive. If they if a quarterback falls to them in the draft that they really like, they should go out and they should get him. But I'm just I'm just not about this thing this offseason about clowning the Giants for this move. Because I think so far. The Giants have had a phenomenal offseason. They kept the two most important parts of their team intact, and they didn't spend way too much money doing so. I think that the Giants have done really, really well here to start free agency. And I think that it's not crazy to give Daniel Jones basically $80 million over two years and then have an option to cut him and get out of it. I don't think that's crazy. I think people acting like that's crazy are dumb. I think the Giants have done an excellent job of winning their off season thus far, and they have some cap space to play with and some draft capital. So, like, I I think they can get better. I I I, I honestly do not hate the contract. Why be? How are you feeling? It's I mean, it feels
1: like a lot when you hear the numbers, but as you know, every contract number that's officially reported is pretty much bogus unless you're deshaun watson so (laughs) so, and 40 million for daniel jones it seems a little steep but i think based on like what he was able to do under brian dable which is i think is a pretty key point and also with some even less than lamar jackson caliber receivers on the giants roster like and besides like daniel jones like even if he has some issues throwing the ball at times like he can he's mobile enough like he can make things happen as well so i think it was and as you mentioned the contract has out clauses after 2 years so it's not something that will millstone the giants for way too long so i think i think they i think they managed their business pretty well and i think dj dj also played his cards pretty well and got himself a pretty sizable contract that i think nobody would have predicted at the beginning of this season and besides, I don't think you brought up the best move that the Giants made is that they finally got rid of Kenny fucking Galladay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think I think I would agree with you that the Giants, like, they cl- they cleared out some, uh, can- they cleared out a pretty... They have about
0: $16 million to spend. Yeah. They could add some veteran guys.
1: They cleared out a sizable amount of cast space by getting rid of Galladay, who was also a net negative on the field. So, and... They've drafted to be well in recent times. So well, could Tony notwithstanding. But then and I think they set themselves up to at least replicate their success of this year and possibly go further, although with Saquon one year older and on a franchise tag, maybe they'll ride him to the ground like kinda like the Raiders did with Josh Jacobs, which is an off sec, a non sequitur, but it is kind of funny that the Raiders declined Jacobs' fifth year option and then ended a franchise tagging him. So
3: yeah, but that's the Raiders for
0: you, Bradford.
3: A uh, couple of things. First, two kind of unrelated. Daniel Jones. Number one, <laughs> I will not tolerate the slander of a Super Bowl champion, Kadarius Tony. Not on my watch. Might be absolutely not. Second well, of all, he didn't work Eric, out for the I Giants. To, I missed. I missed the the whole introduction section where I'd ask you fellas, "How you doing, Eric?" I gotta tell you, yeah. you look absolutely. Rippy as hell today. The, day. the <laughs> red shirt and the chain look—it actually works on you. You, you look—you look fucking fantastic. I got
0: a, I got a haircut. So. So,
3: yeah, I, but, I fuck so. with the haircut. You're looking good, man. So,
0: so I threw on the hat today, but thank you very much, Bradford.
3: My with Daniel Jones, I think I would be far more concerned about it if the ship wasn't being run by Dable. I think he just has a fascinating ability to get the best out of every player, like, and I, I. I think he's the right guy to, to facilitate the Daniel Jones era. And Daniel Jones still has more to grow. And I think if anybody was going to water that seed, it, it would be it would be Dayball. So it lo- feels like a lot of money viscerally for Daniel Jones. But kind of like YB was saying, they have an easy out. It's only two years. It's not that big a deal. And I think overall, the Giants offseason has been pretty promising. Like you're saying, they still have a lot of money to to, to, to bring in some more help. Hopefully on the receiving end. So I, I think I think I think uh, The Daniel Jones thing Is is a Is positive overall
0: Mason Yeah no
2: I, I totally agree I think uh, DeBole has done An excellent job there And considering the year That Daniel Jones Had last year Under him I see no reason Why you wouldn't Want to keep that going And Again, $40 million a year, it sounds like a lot, but with the cap keep going up, it's really not that big of a deal. And for two years, if it doesn't work out, you get out of it, you move on with your day, and, and you're going to be fine. I think all in all, it's probably the right move for the Giants that keeps them competitive and possibly keeps them going to the playoffs over the next couple of years. Because, again, with the cap space they've got, the draft coming up, they could fix up quite a few of
0: the holes on their roster. All right, let's briefly hit this. This is more just a congratulations. Congratulations to Geno Smith. Round of applause,
2: Geno. For existing.
0: Glad glad you got this contract, man. Uh, Basically $100 million quadrupling what he made in his career, basically over one year, uh, even, Uh, is is crazy. Uh, Shout out to Geno Smith. The Seahawks are in an absolutely great position. This is a totally team-friendly contract. That still values, um, that still value that, yeah. As I get caught up by the chat, that still values, uh, team building and, and gives Gino what he, what he's worth. I don't have a ton to add here. I still think they might, especially if like Anthony Richardson is around at five. I think that I just would not be shocked if they take a quarterback and and try to go down the line a little bit but Seahawks you know for Rams we'll talk about the Ramsey trade here in a minute but like the Seahawks are sneaky just in the best position in that division like they the Niners we don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback situation next year and their roster keeps getting older and thinner and the Seahawks drafted extremely well have a ton more picks this year and some cap space too. So I, I I am, uh, I'm interested to see what ends up happening uh, with the Seahawks. I didn't want to spend a ton of time on discussion on this because I figured we'll go super long. Does anyone have anything to add? I feel like I pretty much covered it. All right. I'm getting uh, nods of approval. So let's just move on to our final topic. Then we're going to talk a little bit about what our teams are doing right now in free agency, what we hope them to do. And then we'll go around, the square once one for each of us can take a team, make some moves for that team and pitch those moves to the podcast and then we'll get out of here and hey, maybe this will drag on long enough where Aaron Rodgers gets straighted mm-hmm. uh, but but uh
3: we'll'll
0: we'll, we'll see as Mason looks back in disgust. um <laughs> Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins, I'll just say this. I really hope Patrick Sertan doesn't get angry and, like, demand a trade within the next two years because the fact they were only able to get a third-round pick and, like, a role-playing tight end for a top six, at least, NFL cornerback is absolutely insane i think the dolphins are an early off-season winner because they absolutely fleeced for rams and the defense looks like the best in the division skill talent wise like they've got the best set of corners they've got galen phillips was a beast in the playoffs they've got bradley chubb like i really liked what the dolphins have done and it all comes down to Tua but I mean this is an absolutely great trade for them and I, I I think that uh I'd be thrilled if I were a Dolphins fan Bradford
3: I mean it's just a fantastic move like I, I think part of the reason the Rams weren't able to get as much as just the sheer size of the contract and the amount of guarantees on it but at the same time like this Jalen Ramsey man Jalen Ramsey, I feel like you couldn't get
0: a second, like, come on,
3: second round pick for Jalen... Okay, I understand it's hard to get a first for him, but like, you couldn't get a second for him to me. It kind of sounds like Les Sneed just kind of jumped the gun on this one because there's no way that other teams wouldn't have been willing to pay more for him, right? There's no way, there's no way that if they were like, yeah, uh we're doing an auction. Jalen Ramsey going for a third, third, third. Do I hear a third? Do I hear a third? Do I hear a second? There'd be a second. Absolutely. The lions. So a team like that, like somebody would have paid at least more than a third, third and a fourth, maybe. I don't know. It'd be like a weak return, but for the Rams, I think overall, not the worst thing in the world that they're moving on. I think, I think it's really, we're seeing this this year that they're, that they're moving on to a new era. And I, I think the fact that, They've recognized that this window slammed shut on them, maybe a little sooner than they expected, is a good thing overall. They're building to the future, and I feel like it's better than them wanting to just hang around in mediocrity at the end. The return eh, maybe could have been a little better.
2: Yeah, I'll agree. I think the Dolphins definitely. Got a little bit of the better on that one. Though, uh, you know, the snarky Bills fan in me is just excited to watch Jalen Ramsey get torched two times a year. (laughs) Considering he has yet to be part of a winning effort against Josh Allen, and the stats are real bad for
3: him. Yeah, he's an interesting season last year. Like, I think there was a lot of highlight real kind of plays that people were clipping of him just getting absolutely torched, especially in the first part of the year. But, like, all the, like, underlying, like, numbers and all the, all the like, fancies were, were very, very programmed, especially in the last run of games at the end of the year. Like, this is a guy still very capable of playing at a very high level, and there's no way that this doesn't make the Dolphins' defense better.
2: Well, I think that's a problem with a lot of different positions on the field, too, where it's like you lose a couple of times, it gets clipped, it gets shown, and now it's like, oh, well, you're you're bad at this. So, like, offensive line struggles from the same thing. It's like, well, he allowed one pressure the entire game, but you saw that one time over and over again. So now he sucks, and it's like.
3: If you notice, if you notice it, like, with offensive linemen, if you notice them, it's because they're bad. Right, and so then the good ones don't get your respect or appreciation because you're not noticing
2: them. And the cornerbacks, I think, are the same way. If they're
1: not like absolute ball hawks, if
3: you're noticing yeah. them, it's oh, usually absolutely. because they're
1: getting burned. I mean, it's when you take when you uh, take advantage of a desperate team that's in a desperate situation with cap and no in cap hell, and the cap apparently is real, despite what the New Orleans say, Saints have to say about it. And, <laughs> And uh, apparently, that uh, f them picks philosophy got flipped 180 in a very in a hurry. So, and when when you're when you're trying to basically as you as the two of you mentioned, move on to a different era, then you might have to settle for uh maybe not pennies but quarters on the dollar, so to speak. And Jalen Ramsey, he pro- and Brad, I think you have a point that he probably could have fetched a bit more, but um maybe there was something other something within los angeles that was also a bit of an issue like we have no idea there's that speculation on my part my part and ramsey has shown himself to be a bit of a like he can be confrontational at times if i i'm putting if i'm phrasing it politely so maybe they just wanted to get rid of maybe they just wanted to get rid of ramsey and sounds
0: well, like they're open for business though i mean yeah. the, the matthew stafford report was kind of debunked but i if some team came calling with an absolutely great offer for him. I don't think they'd shy away from that. But it sounds like basically anyone not named Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, or Matthew Stafford is basically on the trade oh, box for them. It but feels if, like very other than, but other than those reset. three.
1: Who who really is really attractive on the Rams right now? I mean, like that's a fair. Those... That,
0: that, that's a fair point. But I, I think that's just where the reporting is uh, is I mean, pointing it, right now.
1: If the if the Ramsey trade is a is an indication of how the Rams are going to play this out, then you have to assume that they're also going to be at least willing to listen to offers for Cup and Donald, because Aaron Donald is pretty old now. Like, well, like people, some people play well into their well into the mid thirties, but Aaron Donald is on the other wrong side of thirty, so to speak. So, if some mm. team, some desperate team wants to take on Aaron Donald and his contract and <clears throat> fetch up a, and put and put up a bunch of picks and the Rams really aren't going anywhere in the way, the way that things are happening now, you have to be at least be willing to listen. Like that's, that's your due diligence. Even if the, even if you get the offer is ridiculous to say, no, that we're not doing that. It's better than not listening at all.
0: Hmm. That's fair. All right. Let's briefly check in on uh, what our teams are doing. Any interesting cuts? To us, anything we think we're about to see in free agency, uh, I'll start first with the Broncos Lo- lots of moves on Friday, uh, did a ton of cutting. Chase Edmonds, no longer with the team. Graham Glasgow, their longtime guard at this point, now no longer with the team. And uh, one other guy, who am I forgetting, Reisner? Uh, Reisner. I'm not sure they cut. I just don't think they're extending him. Yeah. Uh, um and Jermont Jones
1: is gone. He's gonna yeah, be. he's a Dre- free agent.
0: Jermont Jones is walking out the door. It's um, somebody else got cut. The a third guy did end up getting cut. As I'll, 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 if somebody can look up Broncos cuts for me online, maybe you can, you can jump in. But basically, all that said, the Broncos. Really oh. in a good space cap-wise. Ronald, Ronald, Ronald Darby. yes, makes sense. All those moves made sense to me. Ronald Darby, good corner, but can never stay healthy. Graham Glasgow, average guard at best, sometimes bad. And Chase Edmonds was just a random guy we picked up last week because we had no running back depth. Um, but Vibragos, yeah, that Ronald
2: Darby jersey of mine didn't work out very well.
0: Yeah, the Broncos now have the sixth most cap space in the NFL to spend this this free agency. Um I'm interested to see what they do. I think Draymond Jones is not going to come back. I would assume they'd look at veteran guys. I just don't with all the moves, it just would not shock me though if they don't spend that much money this off season. Even with the new owners, even with the Walmart money, I get it all. But it just wouldn't shock me if, for some reason, this is all leading up to like a nuclear option where perhaps they cut Russell Wilson. Like that's just something in the back of my mind that, like, because they have this extra cap space now, they could take the hit this off season and slide into a tank next year. I I don't think it will happen, but there's a greater than non-zero chance it does. That's just my opinion on the Broncos right now. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do in free agency. Some people think they'll go after a wide receiver, especially because the reports are that they're shopping Cortland Sutton. So um, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening on that front. As well, we'll see what direction the Broncos go. I kind of hope they just like rebuild, uh, but that doesn't look like what's happening here. It looks like they're gearing up to spend money. Uh, or cut Russell Wilson one of the two, and I'd probably bet more on spending money. Um, Bradford. Not a ton has happened with the Chiefs. Other than they're not bringing Orlando Brown back. Anything you're expecting with them the next day or two here going into Chiefs free agency?
3: I don't know if I'd be quite so hot on them not bringing Orlando Brown back. It's, it's a tricky issue. I personally was expecting them to tag him, but I think the door is still very much open to him being signed there. I believe that Veach is kind of running a bit of a gamble here. I don't hate it. Brown is... Been solid, he's very overrated. His Pro Bowl nods are kind of a joke, it's just a name recognition thing. He's been okay. I mean, he's held up his end of the bargain in the playoffs, absolutely. Like, he's really, it seems like a really nice guy. I think that he's asking for a ridiculous amount. I mean, asking to be the highest paid, like, what planet are you coming from? And I think this is a move by Veach to let. Obj explore what's out there. Give him a little taste. They're like nobody's gonna pay you this. We'll still we'll still take care of you. And I would not be surprised to see him come back because it 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 doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't tag him then and then just trade him for something. Because they'd be able to get something for him, right? I feel like this is very much we're we're gonna let him see that the market that he thinks is out there for him is not out there for him. And if some team does overpay for him, I think the Chiefs. My personal little take is a little spicy. Some people seem to think maybe they'll draft. Uh-uh. I think if Orlando Brown does not end up in Kansas City, I think we're going to see a Laramie Tunsil trade. That's, that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from in this. I think it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense for the Texans to have him on the roster right now. I think that would be a nice fit in Kansas City. I, I think that's probably the backup plan. Other Chiefs free agency, I mean, I, I expect they're going to work out some sort of extension with Chris Jones pretty soon here. Uh, it's going to get done. There's no way that it doesn't. I think it'll be a pretty reasonable contract. I would guess around $25 million, which is a steal for what Chris Jones brings. He just said he simply wanted to be the second highest paid. He's like, the Donald contract is ridiculous. I'm not expecting that. I love this team. I want to retire a chief. I'm going to stay here for the rest. blah, blah, blah. Still take care of the man. He's he's a beast. I also think that Hardman's super gone. I don't think, they're, I think there's going to be uh, – a market for him that the Chiefs are not willing to match, which leads me to believe that Juju probably stays. I would be surprised if he doesn't, but Hardman, I think, I think, would probably reach the end of that. Not only that, the Chiefs aren't really going to be big spenders, I don't think. I think they much prefer their current method of really bringing up rookies and, and draft picks and such. And I, I, I wouldn't expect them to be dishing out like big deals to anybody.
0: YB, the Bengals. I mean, with the Bengals, like the,
1: like, if you, with who's going to be leaving, I would say on defense, like Jermaine Pratt is probably going to be leaving. Like Jesse Bates is also probably going to be leaving, like close to 90, close to 100%. Bates has obviously had contentious negotiations with the Bengals front office for the past couple of years, resulting in the the tag this year. Jermaine Pratt, he wants to be, he wants to be an every down linebacker. He wants to pay like a very good every down linebacker. And he played very well last year. So, he will probably get his money, and uh, with the, on the and on offense, like there's a lot of discussion regarding whether Joe Mixon will be cut because of his cap hit, because his cap hit is large, and if he's not willing to take a pay cut, he may be gone. And there's also discussion regarding Loyal Collins, the right tackle, who's obviously has torn ACL, and we're not sure if he can if he, he can be ready for the start of the season based on how late the injury was and also the fact that he was also he was kind of battling with his conditioning and nagging injuries the entire year and in free agency I think the last couple of years they've gone out and gotten players in like the last three years like the la- like, and then but last year they got some more they got they obviously spent hard, big on the offensive line but thats still office needs uh injection whether via the draft or free agency. I would expect they want to look at one of the tackles that's on the free agent market, the names that are constantly discussed are like Juwan Taylor, Caleb McGarry, uh, that Raiders tackle whose name I cannot pronounce, Uwe Numenor, or something like that. And other than that, like I think, this, I think the Bengals' days of spending hard on free agency are over, mainly because they're going to have, have to pay their own guys pretty soon. So Burrow, Chase... Possibly Higgins if they want to keep both of them, and that's going to take up a lot of their money. And pot and the Bengals usually don't do the whole extension uh, void year that that sort of that sort of modern Mm -hmm. cap shenanigans, but they may resort to that now with DJ Reader having a fifteen million dollar cap hit, Trey Henderson also having a fifteen million dollar cap hit. So if they want space extensions and extensions for the first and then lowering the cap hit for the first year. That definitely be something they would probably look in towards and the other thing that's been going on i think with the bengals at least based on what's happening on twitter is there was a report that there was some idiot on twitter reported that joe mixon shot a kid which was uh it like there was there was gunfire near since near the cincinnati house that joe mixon lives and some idiot decided that this was enough to say that joe mixon shot a kid and then and you know you you know you messed up when Kansas when Chiefs fans are saying like no no that was wrong. <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> when Chiefs fans are backing up Bengals fans on Twitter, you know you messed up. And
0: there's totally a recent, unrelated and, to that though. The expectation, at least from what I've heard, is that he gets cut.
1: Probably oh, absolutely because, he's getting yeah, cut, he, he's, like, like, he's he has a twelve million dollar cap at on the running back, and he wasn't and he was he wasn't effective last year. So unless he agrees to a pay cut. Then he's probably going to be gone. P. Ryan's also a free agent, and they want—I think—they want to bring at least one of them back. Either Mixon takes a pay cut, or they bring back P. Ryan on a small de- on a smaller deal, like somewhere in the three or four million dollar range. They either look for a late round draft pick, kind of like what they've seen with Targier or Damon and Pierce, some other rookies on other teams, or they bring in or they've heard have reports regarding their interest in say someone like Jamal Williams, which is maybe. Which may be an okay thing. Like Jamal Williams ran well last year, on although they had the Lions had a ridiculous offensive line, so that might have something to do with it. But on the whole, like them spending big on free agency, I don't think it's going to happen. Unlike last, unlike the last couple of years when they basically rebuilt their entire defense and then rebuilt their entire offensive line via free agency, it's going to be maintaining who they have. And also, they need a tight end because all the tight ends are out, out of country.
0: Yeah. All right, Mason. Briefly on the bills, I saw. I I didn't read the full tweet, but I saw like my notifications this morning when I woke up from sleeper or whatever. I, I got a Matt Milano notification. What's going on with that? And what where are we where are we thinking bills wise this off season?
2: Uh, so Matt Milano got extended another two years, so he's locked up until twenty twenty six, which is an absolutely solid move. I didn't see the numbers on it, but uh, last time around he took. Definitely less than he could have gotten on the free agent market just to stay with Buffalo. So I'm going to go ahead and guess this was yet another team-friendly deal where they could keep his cap hit as low as possible while still offering him a good bit of money because the Pagoulas are uh, more than happy to let um, Brandon Bean spend just absolute boatloads of their money. Um, I think it's it's honestly, it's going to be a lot of restructuring because they're still over the cap right now. Um, they did restructure Tim Settle. Uh, but that only frees up like $600,000 in cap space. So it's like that super helpful. But again, it's, it's, it's one of those guys that really like clicked in with the defense. And I think that the reason you're not going to see probably a ton of big moves, at least in free agency, I, I think they finally got to a point where they're really happy with like a lot of the core of the team. And so we're not going to see any like big moves like that where – If you want to call it a big move, which it could be, I think the the place that they might spend a little bit and try to upgrade is going to be the offensive line. It's not going to be super splashy or anything like that. But, you know, there's some quality offensive linemen that are hitting the free agent market right now that might not get locked up by their team. And and realistically, it's the one place where they could use probably the most upgrading outside of like some of the skill positions and like the back end and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, otherwise, I think again, it's just it's going to be kind of a get right year of like, let's get the cap fixed a little bit so that we're not severely over it next year because Josh Allen is now his contracts hitting and starting to make life a little more difficult. And then just use a full round of picks for a change to actually get some stuff done.
1: I did hear, I did hear something about like with Milano locked up. Like, the situation regarding Terrell Edmonds and also with Jordan Poyer, like, those two are likely to be gone because of tech constraints? I definitely think that that's
2: more than likely. Uh, I know Poyer is definitely, like, he... (laughs) I don't want to say he he wants like the most money he can get, but like he, he values himself and he wants to make sure that he's getting paid what he, he thinks he deserves. And so I think at the end of the day, that probably puts him kind of out of the bill spending range, especially considering like his age and the wear and tear that are on him. I think they would much rather rely on one of the younger safeties that they have that have proven themselves to be at least capable in, you know, spot relief of, of Poyer and Hyde. Um, and then also with um Tremaine Edmonds, I think that I don't want to say he's been a disappointment because it's not necessarily fair. Um the the times where he's had his his really like down periods, he's been suffering through like shoulder injuries and stuff like that. And I think some of the biggest Uh, parts of his game is the fact that he's really rangy and he can hit hard and so when you're not being able to put your shoulder into your main weapon like it makes it a little more difficult for you to be as decisive and make some of those decisions and when he's been healthy he has been really good at that but his coverage isn't really super great and then the fact that we're paying Milano so much money and, and he is such a quality starter I think it kind of gives them the idea that maybe we can let Edmonds walk and replace him with somebody who's not quite as talented but still be just as good because of the quality of talent around and so I do think he gets signed elsewhere I don't think he ends up staying either
0: All right, this is going for about an hour now let's finish up here our last 15 or so minutes I wanted to give everyone a chance to make a move or two for a team we haven't talked about uh, yet so you know Bills Broncos Bengals Chiefs all off all off the list here just it can be a free agent it can be a trade it can be a free agent and a trade i will i will go first um and we'll go around once and we'll see if how we're feeling after one time i think one time will will do enough uh, i have two but but one i, I want to give is that the seattle seahawks have not really had a big time defensive tackle for a long time and javon hargrave is just out there on the market and to me he's just such a slam dunk fit for the seahawks like he just fits what the pete carroll defense asks he's a schematical fit he makes sense running the defense that pete carroll runs and they haven't really had a great defensive tackle since Michael Bennett. I think that they have some cap space to spend. I think they'll spend it on him. I think Javon Hargraves to the Seahawks would be a move I'd like to see.
2: So I had a couple of them as well, but I think the one that, uh, I'd like to see most, and I'm really glad Bradford's here for this. I was I was hoping he'd get to I know, be here. I know exactly I
3: think, what you're about to say. Oh, oh,
2: do you? Okay, I'm excited for this one. Um, I think that the Chargers have an extremely quality defense, damn near elite, but there's a weak spot in it, and it's in their linebacker position. And I think if they did the smart thing and they didn't let Bobby Wagner leave L.A., just come on over to their locker room, plug him into that defense, it could be genuinely elite. It could be where Herbert gets to just put up two touchdowns at the beginning of the game, and their defense just puts the screws to whoever they play.
0: I'm going to disagree with that because all of the reporting I see is that he's going back to Seattle.
2: I mean, he might. I'm just saying this is what I would want.
0: Okay. Let's, you didn't say what's happening. That, that, what that is a, that is a fair point. Uh, I did just want to point out uh, what I was hearing, though. Bradford.
3: Mm, okay, this this one mm, this one's tough for me. I think the player that I'm most fascinated by in terms of of potential moves. Not talking about quarterbacks here. I'm not about to be like, What if Aaron Rodgers got traded to the Jets? Like, get out of here. What are, what are you doing? DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Okay. This one's tough because I think the two most logical trade destinations we can't talk about because they're present in the show and we already mentioned them, right? Personally, I think there's no reason that. Well, um, you you can still
0: talk about it. I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to you know dilute you here. Do you you think? Wants yeah, like, to know if he
2: thinks it's the Broncos?
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's the Broncos? <laughs>
3: I don't. I don't think it's the Broncos. I think it would be incredibly wise. Like, I, it's not the Chiefs because with the Chiefs, like, I obviously I'm not going to complain if DeAndre Hopkins is a Chief, but I think that would be an absolutely fantastic move for the Bills. The money is a little hard to stomach, but my God, if you if you finally give Allen a number two wide receiver. I feel like make the Hopkins money thing work. Hopkins has said he's willing to rework things to make it work on a contender. I feel like it just makes sense because you'd be able to get him for like a second round pick probably. I feel like you can't be going into to with this window. Don't try and sell me Gabe Davis is your number 2, guys. Stop it. Stop it. He had one good playoff game. Relax. Relax. It's not going to happen. I I Oh, well, what a game like it was. This- to our slash dynasty football Gabe davis is never going to happen hopkins just makes so much sense to me like i don't know why the bills wouldn't do this it just i i feel like that's that's the logical move and another one if we're sticking in that vein derek henry to the bills does that not make sense as well like the bills i think at this point the bills should just say like, fuck it and just bring in a big piece cuz like come on i Imagine Derrick Henry and Josh Allen on the same team. Just imagine it. Like, I'm no Bills fan. You know that. But, like, oh, my God. Who doesn't want to see that? That's crazy. Like, I think the Bills should make a big move. Make a big splash. Like, I don't want to be seeing these little moves around the edges. You're not good enough. Get good enough. Make a big move. Come on. I mean, they literally make one
2: every offseason. I don't know what more you want from them.
3: I want them – the thing is, listen, I don't want them to do any of this, obviously. Listen, if they want to go in with Gabe Davis as their number two so they can lose in the playoffs to us again. no, We might, might guess. We no. might guess. But, like, why wouldn't the Bills do that? Like, make a move. Come on. Like, the, the Bills window is not as all-encompassing as the Bills fans seem to think. I don't think I think they'll be competitive as long as they have Josh Allen. Josh Allen's a god. But, like – Make a move! Come on, now's your chance. Like, Josh Allen is fantastic, but he's not so fantastic that he doesn't need any help. And I feel like they're they're outside of defense. Like, what help If what actual viable help have they brought in from outside of Stefan Diggs? Like, what have they brought in for him? Absolutely nothing. Well, they Cole, can Cole Beasley,
2: I mean. Don't
3: be, don't be telling John me John Brown. Beasley.
2: Yeah, John Brown too, man. Like, dude, if you don't, like, if you don't remember the year when those two came in, that was the game changer right there. It was a dude who could catch a freaking ball. Those, that was the year that Josh started making third and 13 on the regular. Okay. Like that was it. was when Cole Beasley could catch a freaking ball.
3: Unfortunately, Mason, I regret to inform you, it is 2023. We're not, we're not going win with Cole Beasley. No, I'm just not saying he, he has
2: done stuff to provide him with talent.
3: Okay, so but now it's just a in this in this track
2: point, record that he'll do it.
3: He needs something a little better than Cole Beasley, okay? I don't like, just, just stop hey, he made the Pro Bowl
2: that year. I also want you to know that.
3: <laughs> I just think that it's time for the Bills to do something spicy. That is an all pro. That was what it was. They're, they're putting me to sleep. What? I don't want to hear a whole nother offseason of Bills hype when Gabe Davis is their number two. That's all I'm saying. Do all
0: something right, spicy. All right, YB.
3: Well, that
1: went off the rails. Well, like there were a couple of things I wanted to consider, but I think if I wanted to go, if I wanted to in the business of strengthening and uh, ri- strengthening a rival team, like I would have, I would have suggested DeAndre Hopkins and the Ravens personally because I want to see if he can hold up in that infirmary known as uh what's the it's name of the thing? m t Bank. m t Bank. Somebody, you, throw it, throw it in the general vicinity. I and have a catch for him.
3: What, Trace McSorley? Is Trace, McS- Is Trace McSorley even on the Ravens anymore? He's on Wait. the
1: Cardinals, dude. Is he <laughs> on the
3: Cardinals now? Damn. Yeah. So you're you're the the
1: chemistry.
3: Oh, I'm the sorry, one. I'm not up to date with Trace
1: McSorley. You're the one that like t- t- like extolled the virtue of Trace McSorley one time last season.
3: That's Dude. true, I did. Yeah, throw it on okay. a dime like I ain't even trying, Trace. anyway like
1: like other that's not really true. Like, I think like last last year before the off started, I kind of had an I kind of had a, a bead on one of the teams like that I wanted to follow other than the Bengals, obviously. Like that team was the Eagles that year. This year. I wanted this year. I think I have a good kind of a soft spot for the Falcons, and if Ramsey hadn't gotten traded, I, I would have suggested trading for Jalen Ramsey for the Falcons because they can. One, they can absorb the cap hit, and two, if you have Jalen Ramsey and AJ Terrell, then you're basically not going to allow anything in that division to be thrown thrown in there. But with Jalen Ramsey now, obviously, in a little bit south of Atlanta, like I think, I think with free agents like coming around on coming around on the defensive side. I think they need help on the defense, especially on the back end. And I think as much as it pains me to say this, they should go after Jesse Bates. They, they should go after someone that can marshal them in the back of the back of, back side of the defense. And I mean, the sexy move would be to try to go for Lamar Jackson, but I think the Ravens will probably match any offer sheet unless the, unless the offer sheet is designed specifically to be like exo- like exorbitant in year one. Which I think can happen, but the the Falcons don't seem keen on doing that. So if they're not going to do that, then they sh- they should show up the other side of the ball. And I think and I think uh, rangy and pretty heady safety like Jesse Bates would be pretty would be a very nice addition to the Falcons defense. And, and I think as as we mentioned in the beginning of the show in the Derek Carr conversation, that division is a wasteland. And so maybe Derek Carr takes the Saints over the top, but other additions can take the Falcons over the top, or hell, if one of the if the newly drafted quarterback by the Panthers, assuming they don't trade out of the number one pick, which would be hilarious, <laughs> if they maybe the Panthers like get taken over the 40 top chess, by maybe
2: they get a bunch of picks. Uh,
1: I, I don't I don't know. I think that's closer to Chinese checkers than chess, but like <laughs> <apparently> very. <laughs> but,
3: <laughs>
1: I think I think the Falcons have a legit shot because they have good skill talent like with. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Tyler Algier. They have they their offensive line improved. And I think with a bit more reinforcement on defense, I think they can absolutely be a contender for the NFC South. They just ran out of steam and also they
0: got Marcus Mariota in the later in the year. So <laughs> I have one final point and then we can wrap this thing up. Since we did talk about Nuke for a while, I do think To me, the DeAndre Hopkins landing spot is back in Texas with the Cowboys. Like, I think the Cowboys, they'll probably do something stupid and not cut Ezekiel Elliott, but I think they'll just say, okay, the cap truly doesn't exist, and I think both Odell and DeAndre Hopkins have a real chance of ending up on the Cowboys. And if you put that together suddenly the Cowboys offense kind of looks like the best in in the NFC you know with those three guys on it so I, I think Jerry's gonna do something crazy uh that would be my final move all right at this moment I have one final question for Brad before we leave but I'm going to excuse YB if you need to go. I know you're at work. I know you've you've taken time out of your day and you need to get back. I, I hope we didn't get you in trouble. Thank you so much for joining us, YB. Well, hopefully we'll have you on again before the draft. All right. Sounds good. See you, man. All right, Bradford. Uh, I'm glad you were able to join us. This is the nonsense portion of this podcast. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, we'll allow you to have some anonymity. I know we all have personal <laughs> lives here. Uh, we'll just refer to her from here on out as Mayo Girl. But you, you, did, you did happen to have... You you divulged this information to me, so I feel like this is fair game. Uh, Mayo Girl <laughs> and you went on a date tonight, Bradford. How the Mayo Girl they go any more details anything you found interesting how How? just how's it is is a budding love you know emerging here uh bradford sonnenberg and, and mayo girl how, how goes the saga
3: okay so here's here's the thing okay no more mayonnaise and coffee that was not something that happened on this that was listen that was a purely scientific will levis related
0: no fun. you were just down bad just a bit but you no, were down listen,
3: bad okay you can call me listen listen it was thing, and she tried it, and I was like, she's gonna think I'm a bitch if I don't try it. And it's bad.
0: bad. Wow. I,
3: hey, hey, there's a method to all I matter. thought
0: I raised a strong young man. Yeah, we a all, strong-willed young man who said no to peer
3: pressure. We, we, that's funny, you know. I, I, I certainly did it. it. I'm proud of you, Bradford. You what? say
2: yes to peer pressure at every available opportunity.
3: I, I had this thought when I, was, when I was over there, and we were, uh, we were, we were doing all this, uh, but the when the mayo incident happened, I was like, when I was younger, everybody always told me that when I grew up, people were gonna try and get me to like do drugs and shit like that. No. I just had a bunch of people pressure me to drink mayonnaise and coffee. So the actual reality of things is a stark contrast. But yeah, I here's the thing. I think it went pretty well. Like we went we went to this we went to this uh nice little cafe. Okay. It was like this it was like kind of pretentious hipstery, but it was also kind of cool, way too expensive. But I don't know we talked for like four straight hours like it was like it was like we just we just sat there and talked and she's kind of strange but like I kind of I kind of you know like I kind of like uh, her brain thinks I think in a similar way to mine in a way and I'm that's not trouble. fully that's, sure that's, where that's troubling at, but I, it's I, the only
2: I, person who would possibly deal with a human being
3: like Bradford <laughs> I've very much enjoyed her company and I, 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 I hope I hope that there is more non-mayonnaise-related encounters with her in the future.
2: But but yeah, as a fellow strange human being, it takes a strange human being to
0: yeah. deal with us. It does take that indeed. Yeah. Any other uh, updates you would like to provide? That was not nearly as saucy as I would have liked it to be.
3: Well, I, it was just a nice time, you know? I don't know. I I, I find that it is it's strange...
0: Uh. oh my god for the first time in end zone podcast history bradford sonnenberg is at a loss for words that's you know i i didn't mason i personally never thought we'd get to this point I genuinely didn't either.
2: Like, I had a small anecdote from my week I was willing to tell, but I I, I mean, we almost just had the podcast on this, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, he's so flabbergasted by this moment that he's just run out of words in his brain. This
2: is delightful. I like seeing this, honestly. This is a good look.
3: You must really like this girl. I do. I think <laughs> I'm. I'm more reflecting on how the owner of the cafe was dressed Oh, here we go. exactly like the the dude who did party rock anthem you know like the element oh <S-O? <S-O-L-F-A-O>, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't, like, <S-O-L-F-A-O>. he had like the element they glasses on but well, he was like this really intense dude i think he was mad that we lawyered for so many hours there but oh yeah you know i don't know i i, I Wait, did you right? buy
0: some you bought something right
3: i did i got some i got some shitty expensive coffee
2: Okay, Here, why don't you do them a favor? Name drop the place. Let's then then, then it's
3: you can called, feel better about the called, four hours you took. It's called CAFA, but nobody'd be able to find it if they tried.
0: It's hey, Kaffa- listen, if you're in Alberta, Canada, CAFA, that's where you want to go. So somebody's for four hours, somebody's giving absolutely horrid feedback right now that I'm getting in my earbuds. Uh, somebody like. Uh, I, I, no, like I can hear myself briefly. It might be Bradford, uh, but not yeah, I don't think.
3: Okay, I don't want to name names,
0: Mason, but but, but we have got. I, I think this is a natural end. I think I think we're 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 fine now, Mason. Thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded on Tuesday. If not. We'll be back next Sunday, and I would imagine that podcast will go very long uh, because things will happen between now and Sunday. And honestly, might might be might be more like uh, a uh, a Monday or Tuesday night because March Madness is here. I don't know if either of you guys are into March Madness, but I I, I like to watch March Madness. So we'll, we'll, we'll conference, but expect something probably someday. Anyhow, boys, thanks for joining me. We'll see you next week. Until then, follow us on Twitter, at EnzonePod, we'll leave us a five-star review. Thank you very much. We will see you next week. Enjoy Free Agents.